Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. And we welcome you to today's show. Well, hello. I thought I'd start today because you... You took all... my job. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because no. you're already going, all right, here's the podcast. Dude, I had a new intro ready because I knew <laughs> oh, you were going to slam me. No, it doesn't matter. It's over now. Oh, next week, man. It was just going to be hello without the all right, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's not a very imaginative start. I was self-conscious all week about that, man. (laughs) You You, were not. You killed me. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm predictable. I'm the same. I've got to mix it up. I just love the fact that I started when you had a mouthful of (laughs) drink. (laughs) You you caught me off guard, man. If I saw you starting, I would have jumped in. Hey, well, welcome (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> it's great to have you along. Yeah. We trust really that we trust that um, as you've been listening that somehow God has used what we've been just chatting about mm. um, to spur you on in one way or another because that's our hope. I mean, we, yeah. we don't really come with a great deal of wisdom. I mean, we have a lot, but... Now, Barry, no, don't bring yourself down now. <laughs> that's right. Come on, don't talk us down. But, we have experiences. But, but our prayer is, of course, that God's <laughs> Spirit will take what we say and stir something within you about how you can do church a little bit differently or maybe to refocus on some things and i think that that's a really important thing so um if you haven't yet like us on facebook that would be really cool um send us a line we're really open for that send us an email if you're not into the facebooky type thing oh instagram as well you can you can you can follow us Um, on instagram we don't have a twitter account Uh, no one uses because i'm not really a twitter man Uh, twitter's too hard i tried i tried really hard to be a twitter man you got to be really sarcastic and really critical of lots of different things i don't know i just yeah yeah. no anyway um great to have you here today we're going to be talking about the empty chair and we've got one here as a prop so no one can see it. That's right. It's a prop <laughs> on a podcast and it's effective. <laughs> We've just played a game of basketball, had a swim in a very cold pool and here we are. We're ready. <laughs> ready to go and really focused. I yeah, can yeah. feel that this podcast oh, I am ready is to going go. to be focused. Anyway, it's episode 24. It's exciting. Is, we're almost at 25. And 25 is close to 50 and once you get to 50, you're pretty successful as a podcast. Just yeah, hands down. I think so. I think, I think that's the rule. I think that we actually start getting invited on other people's podcasts when we reach about 50. Yeah, and when we invite others onto ours, they'll actually start saying yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the empty chair, and particularly we're looking at the empty chair because what we wanted to focus on today mm. is how we can get just get caught up in our own culture yeah. and not necessarily look at uh, what we do from a stranger's point of view. Mm. From the person who's not yet there or someone brand new coming into the congregation. And I know that every time I know that someone comes in mm. who doesn't come from faith, it makes me hypersensitive yep. to whatever it is. So uh, last Sunday, we had a, a mum come from playgroup into, awesome. yep. into church, which is fantastic. Like mm. just a, a, an amazing, um, easy uh, transition for yep. her, which is fantastic. But, uh, you know, I remember stepping to her, uh, saying hello to her because I've talked to her in play group. And mm. I said, has anyone, anyone told you where things are? And she mm. goes, oh, not at all. And so I go, okay, well, I want to let you know that if your kids are crying at any time or upset and you are uncomfortable with 
with them, mm. then this is where the room is that you can take them if yeah. you like. And we've got a crash and they can look after them. And this is where the you know where the toilets are because you've been to playgroup, but mm. this is the kind of the deal. Mm. So she could feel at home, you know, and not That's sort it. of worry about things. But nobody had had that conversation before mm. I had, uh, which I was kind of hoping that the people at the front door would have knowing that the person's new. But mm. it's always interesting, isn't it, to to start looking at mm. how we do church through the eyes of the stranger and yeah. uh, um, and really start to work at our churches being focused at the people who are yet to be in the empty chairs. That's it. That's, I think that's the key because if you think about it, it's, it's easy to forget because uh, as you're aware, I'm aware, Sundays roll around all the time and you can get into a bit of a loop. There's about 52 of them in a year. You're joking. <laughs> Every seven days the Sunday comes around. Feels like there's a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but they just keep coming around. They do. And it's very easy to get into a pattern. And if that pattern is not focused on the empty chair, as we call it, then all of a sudden that pattern actually will exclude people when our heart's desire as pastors is to include people. That's right. We want to be about those that aren't there yet. And in my preaching, I always refer to the empty seat. Because that's my prayer point. My prayer point is that the empty seat would be filled and that we would be able to love them and care for them as they grow in their relationship with Jesus as well. So with that, there are some really important questions that the church has to ask and leaders in particular have to ask, are we in how we're ministering to our congregation? Uh, is the culture of our congregation uh, positioning itself in such a way that it it answers the questions of the new person before they even have to ask them. That's the goal, I think. And and, and so it starts with outside. Mm. Like it starts with signage and that yeah. you, the signage actually has the right times of the service. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, we're working on this at Parafield Gardens. We've just come to a consensus of when our evening service is going to start. There but, was a debate. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we did a survey and all sorts of things. It was okay. cool. Um, but... Um, but there was no signage to actually say that the evening service is even on out the front. Oh, wow. Okay. It's just the morning service. Good place to start. And, and I must admit, looking back now and thinking of the 10 years of Gawler, I ran a night service for nine years. It was never up on the sign. Yeah, wow. And yeah, it still isn't. still isn't. It still isn't Ooh, it, yeah. up on the sign. So, you know, signage is important mm. uh, and, and your web presence is important. And, and we've talked about that before. Yeah, that very web, early on. The web presence has to be designed for someone who knows nothing mm. who's on the outside to invite them in yeah really the website is not for the person inside the church because no. the person inside the church has the info from being inside or the knows church. where to go knows where to go knows what's happening might even get a news sheet on a sunday there's no reason for the website to be for the congregation member it's for the visitor it's for the person who's inquiring so it has to be clean and simple and and for them so if you want to listen more about that earlier episodes way back maybe episode oh, three or four I yeah reckon. pretty early on that was forever ago you know we're yeah, up to yeah. 24 now we, we weren't as polished as what we were we are now no, we'll still figure out our audio issues <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple that were in the ocean weren't we? yeah so, next to a waterfall so it starts actually uh, and, all, and all the experts would say this it starts in the car park mm. Starts with great signage. It starts with the web presence. Yeah. It starts with the person who greets at the door. Yeah, vital. Um, and the information that they get, and do they re recognise that they're a visitor mm. or a first-time person or not? And really, unless your church is cracking two hundred, mm. 
People should know. Yeah, you should know who's new and who's not. And if you and if they're not new, you should know their names. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And, and don't get me onto names, man, because <laughs> because I'm trying really hard. You're still forgetting old ones, learning new ones. Oh, uh, my my name bank is full, and I'm still apologising that I can't remember people's uh, names. I'm just knowing the power of a new person comes in one week, and you remember their name the next week. Yeah, yeah. There is power in remembering new person's name. So, in a part of all of this. If you want to minister to the empty seat, you've got to at least write it down. I write it down. New person. And I write a couple of descriptive yeah. features of, so I can remind myself oh, who's well, who. Oh, man, you're one up on me because someone introduces themselves and tells me my, my name and I'm thinking of the next question I should ask them. Yeah. And the name just goes. Just disappears. And i got to go, and, and was it Peter? Was it yeah. Philip? You should start um, saying something really silly, like a really silly name yeah. and then it makes it fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm silly enough without doing that. It's true. But so that's the outside. But then also on the inside, it's important for signage. So how, how many churches actually have really clear signage of where the toilets are? Yeah, mine doesn't. Really bad. Because yours is sort of out the back oh, and around the corner. You've got to go it? through a couple of doors, go outside, navigate down the back. It, it is, uh, it's a headache. So no, no one would know. And I'm still racking my brain. I know it needs to be done. My mindset is saying, yep, this has to be done. But now, how do we do it well? And they're great questions to bring to your church leadership, isn't it? Mm. It's just say, okay, this is an issue because we need our new people to feel welcome. That's right. And if they don't know where the loo is and they're busting mid-service, they're not going to be listening to the gospel. They're not going to be in tune with with the prayers. They're just thinking, I feel so uncomfortable. I was sitting with someone, I don't know who it was recently. It's that awkwardness of um, going to a person's house and they don't offer you a drink straight away, or they don't tell you where the bathroom is. You're in one of the rooms because that's where they've let you go, but you don't know where the other rooms are. You don't feel comfortable. There's actually a sense of, of awkwardness and caution. But when someone welcomes you in and says, here's a drink, there's the loo, make yourself at home, kick your legs out and relax, that you can take a sigh of relief and you can enjoy where you are. And I just thought that's a really good image of what a church service or any ministry should be. People should walk in and feel instantly at home. That's what I want for my church. Yeah, I think and, it's the goal. And, and so what I do, I mean, I had that experience in my, my new church because mm. I went and worshipped with them before I actually started as a minister. Mm. And, and so I sat there with brand new eyes going, well, they actually haven't, uh, they fill out care cards. Okay. And they didn't actually tell me what to do with the care cards. <laughs> Where do you put it? Or, or where a pen was. And mm. and I happened to be sitting in a row of seats that didn't have any seats in front of them. So no care cards? So, no, the care cards got handed out. But oh, okay. the pens are in the seat in front. <laughs> but I didn't have any seat in front. So I said, well, wh- where's the pen? Mm. And I just didn't know. And it wasn't proclaimed that you hand up the care card with the offering. Oh, okay. And and that the pens are in the in the chair behind you or in front of you. Yeah, wow. Well. And, and it's not that that they were bad at it. It's just that it be, became a culture. And because yeah. it became a culture, it became unspoken. And they didn't think that they had to say continue to say it mm. because they just assumed that everyone would know it. Yeah. And, and that is preaching to the full chair, mm. not to the empty chair. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's a great point because what happens here is the care cards, great idea. Chucking in the offering is really efficient. Why not? It means everyone gets to put something in. That's a great habit to, to, inc- to instill in your people. Nothing wrong with the system except that it get, it's been happening for so long that there becomes this implied knowledge. That's that, right. And the, and the details get forgotten. 
because if no one new is walking in, everyone knows the system. That's right. But if if we're walking into a service and we're leading that service and thinking my people know what to do here, then that's silly. Well, well, well it's preaching to the full chair, not the empty chair. Yeah. And it's the same with everyone knows where the toilets are. Mm. No, not not a new person. Not man. a new person. And you've got some new people from Vanuatu who are yeah. worshipping with you. Yeah. And, you and got to they let might them know. not even... You know, they might have been hanging on because they didn't know where they were. It's, it's just an easy um, uh, rut to fall in. It's, a, it's an easy mistake to make, but it's a big mistake. Mm. I remember one of the first times I, I went to a, a traditional morning service and I felt so out of the loop with the service because they'd all stand up and sit down at all different times. And you, and you didn't know what the culture was no, to stand up because and when the worship leader said to, now let's stand and sing... I stood up straight away, but no, that's silly. You got to wait for the three-bar intro from the organ first, and then stand. So here's new new Christian learning how to be a Christian, standing standing up before anyone else in the church. The only one. Could you imagine how singled out I felt? And it's 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 that's how people feel when they don't know what's going on. You got to almost over-explain. And one of the things that I've found as I've communicated this with my church is that we have to over-explain things. Because there is no implied knowledge in, in our church, well, I, I'm praying that we can weed that out. Mm. Is that they would say, well, well, Jordan, why don't we just do that when new people come? And and that for me, it, 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 there's a part of it that's, that makes sense, but there's a part of it that doesn't actually grow a different culture. Because if you just um, change what you say when a new person walks in versus what you do when they don't walk in, then there's no culture being set. But if you set the culture that we're going to explain this, we're going to over-explain this and make it so clear every Sunday, all of a sudden, one, everyone knows the process perfectly, but everyone understands that you're not really talking to them anymore. You're talking to those that aren't here yet. And mm. I think that's important for a church to understand is that they're there to, be, to worship God, to love God, and to love each other. But we're there as a church to be about the empty seat to be praying for them, to be loving them, and to be preparing uh, a service, a ministry, a, a fellowship group, so that when they walk in, they can feel like they've been there for years. I mean, I, I, every time I go on holidays, mm. I worship at another church, and yeah. I do that deliberately, because I love to worship. Mm. And, and just because I'm on holidays doesn't mean I stop going to church. It mm. just means that I have to go to a different church to, to worship when I'm on holidays. Yeah. And uh, and and I love doing that because you always come with fresh eyes and yeah. and you walk in, nobody knows you, and and you get to see what they're doing. Probably one of the most helpful things that's ever happened to me is the right person coming up and saying, "Do you mind if I sit with you? Mm. And if you have any questions during the service, you can wow. ask me f- yeah. what's going on." That's good. Okay, or I'm happy to explain as we go. Now that's that's a really clever way mm. of allowing someone to go. Oh, we stand here because mm. yeah, and and just do it quietly alongside of them. Yeah, that's and good. that was that was a really helpful thing in a couple of churches that I've experienced mm. it with. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on at church that if you're a non-Christian walking in, and you're trying to explore faith, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, there, there's some things that can be quite uh, quite shocking and almost quite uh, disturbing. I remember I, I sat down with one of my one of my youth leadership teams I was a part of, and I said to them, "You know what? I'm just sensing that we need to start explaining our songs to our kids a little bit better, 
Because, you know, a youth group can be a very big outreach ministry. So lots mm. of non-Christians, only a few Christians. That's kind of... Yeah, well, that's, that's what we've got yeah. up, up north, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it was very, uh, came very aware to me that some of our songs are, are very um, theologically wound. They're very... Uh, Christianese. Christianese, they are. Mm. Uh, which can be very confusing. But there are even some songs that can be quite off-putting. So you think of a song that says, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. To us as Christians, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. It's, and if it doesn't, we'll learn. Mm. But for a new Christian, or why, a new person, why why are these why are these new these people that I'm with right now? One, why are they dancing and singing and putting their hands in the air? But they're talking about a dead lamb, a dead animal. There's blood involved. What's going and, on here? And what's the blessing? Yeah, what, and and that can be really off-putting. And so, uh, we as a church need to be even very aware of the songs that we sing. Is there room to explain? You know, even if the song is a, is a, is quite a deep theological song, I bet you there's even people in our churches, our Christians, that don't know what that means. And it's good to explain it. I think because so. Because the opposite of that is is, impl- is just trusting that everyone knows what's going on. And I think when we do that as leaders, we get a little bit lazy and we, we, we lose our game and we, we just lose people. And it only really needs to be a sentence yeah. or, or maybe two of saying, you know... Uh, we're going to enter into this this song now, and mm. it's about this, and this is what the song is trying to say. Yeah, um, it only needs to be a little bit. It yeah. doesn't need to be a, a whole. Let's go through and work out the word for word, word no for word what the theology is. But then you, you're allowing people to enter into mm. the space. I, I remember when Cornerstone came mm. out the song, and yep. it, and it had. Um, uh, we're hidden within the veil or something yeah, like okay. that. Yep. And that some of the worship leaders would start to explain mm. uh, uh, anchored within the veil yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And, and because it was just a very weird terminology that yeah, yeah. Hillsong had put into there, they thought that they need to explain it. And, I, and I actually think we need to do it with a lot of songs. Yeah, there's not many songs that are, you know, that you just you sing it and you know it. There's some that need to be explained. Yep. Most of them do. Which which says something about our worship. Mm. And and I, th- I think that worship primarily is for the Christian. It is. Not for the non-Christian, but I think we can allow people to enter in. Mm. And if we can allow people to enter in, then the Spirit of God may just do something inside of them. Yeah, yeah. So we have to really start thinking as leaders, what... What are the things that we have to start addressing? Because every church is different. Every church. So I know at, at my church, we need to work on our, our sign at the front of the building. Mm-hmm. Because at the moment, uh, it's an old sign. And, and you've been talking about it for about a year. We have. It's it's on my list of things to do. And, I, and to be honest, it's on the bottom and it needs to be on the top. Because every Sunday that goes by, we're missing people. They don't know what's going on. That's a shame. Um, so I know that's a big one. And the second one for me is definitely going to have to be um, welcome is at the door that give instructions of where the toilet is. I think that's just crucial. I think without that, people are getting lost. I think every church has to go through this and start thinking about it. One of the questions that I gave my church council, my leadership team at the beginning of the year, I said, we're going to focus on these key ministries this year. We're not going to do anything new. We're just going to focus on these things. The question that we're going to ask ourselves though with these things is how can we do them better? And it sounds simple, but until you ask that question, you don't know what's what's going to come of it. But when I ask that question with my leadership team, what are we going to do with our Sunday morning worship to make that better for the empty chair? We came out with these beautiful, rich discussions about what we could do and then what we could afford to do and what's something that we can plan to do in the future. 
And and I'm really excited about what's happening there, you know? And if you can gear what you do for the empty chair, mm. you are actually being hospitable. Yeah. And and you're being welcoming mm. and you're being friendly. And and I think it's crucial that that we we look at how we do what we do mm. and just don't assume that everyone understands the culture mm. of how we do what we do. And every church has a culture. Yeah. And and sometimes it's wonderful and other times it's really unhelpful. Mm. And so we've got to highlight and celebrate what's wonderful. Yeah. And we've got to question whether the unhelpful stuff is is what we need to continue um, so that more people can enter into the faith and explore what it means. Mm. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a powerful tool. Mm. Uh, it's a simple question. How can we do this better? How can we minister more to the empty chair? And I think this can be applied to your Sunday service. This can be applied to your youth group, your ministry, whatever it is that you're doing. And it can be applied to your preaching as well. Yeah. I find that it, it's, uh, even though I'm, you know, you're preaching the gospel every week, it, it's very easy to forget that there could be a new Christian in the room or there could be a non-Christian in the room or there could be someone who needs to recommit their faith. It's, it's some of the guidance I'm giving the preachers at Parafield. I'm saying I want you to assume yeah. that every time you preach, there is a non-Christian in the room mm. who needs to respond to the gospel. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. You've got to speak to the room as if there is a non-Christian yeah. and acknowledge that not everyone in this room is is a part of faith yet. Yeah. Well, at least have the confidence as a preacher that you can believe that the Spirit of God is doing something in anyone's heart and that we need to give room for them to respond. Because mm. that's what we really need. What the, when, when you're a new person in the church, you want to know what's next. You know, And so it needs to be, uh, everything needs to be explained. From the sermon, how can I respond to the sermon? How can I ask questions about that? Oh, they said that fellowship's after this. What in the world even is fellowship? That's First right. of all, we say that word and we know exactly what it means. It can mean anything, really. But what's fellowship? Can I come to that? Am I invited to fellowship? Where is it? Um, am I allowed to have the food? Is it, is it free food? How long can I stay? Can I leave straight away? We need to be the churches that decide that we're going to answer those questions before they're even asked. And, and I mean, the larger churches, I think it's harder to do in the smaller churches, mm. but the larger churches will have information booths. Yeah, yeah. You, all right? And so you want to know more desk, or, yeah. you, or you want to... Uh, sign up to be a volunteer for something, then that's the place that you mm. go. And so um, I think they've got their systems down of how they welcome and how they connect and how they share what's going on yeah. uh, really well. And I think that it doesn't matter what size we are, we've got to have that in our mind. Mm. How if someone brand new walks off the street, what are they going to experience is it going to be an easy transition or are we asking them to de- decode a whole lot of culture that they're not used to? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's our job to make it as simple as possible for them to enter in mm. and to explain things as we go. One of my uh, favorite videos that I stumbled upon recently was a Christian person going to their non-Christian friends and saying, what do you think this means? And they put out the word fellowship. But one of the funniest ones was when they said, what do you think a love offering is? <laughs> and could you imagine what non-Christians would think a love offering is? They thought it was a, a, a weirdly sexual thing and why is it being brought up at church? But isn't that so fascinating that we would get up on a church service as a pastor and say, we're just going to take up a love offering right now. 
And we're thinking, yep, no worries. We're going to give some money to someone. But the non-Christian's thinking, you're going to do what right now? Yeah. And we need to be aware of that. We speak a different language. And if anything, we need to decode how we speak so that everything that we say can be uh, heard and understood by the empty chair. The empty chair. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great place to leave it. Yeah. And I, I think that that if we can have that in our mind, we can ask those questions in our leadership teams. Or even if you're not in a leadership team. Mm. I mean, the great questions to ask. Yeah. How, how are we as a church catering for the empty chair mm. uh, i think i think that will start a really healthy conversation it will. if we're not blaming people but just saying how do are we taking this into account mm. i think that everybody will go oh, of course this yeah, is yeah. what we've got to do but it's so easy to slip into a routine and a pattern yeah and to assume that everybody knows the pattern mm. um that we've got to continue to bring that question yeah to mind so that's good i i, I hope that the people listening will will take that up, yeah, and uh, they'll be encouraged by that, and uh, really look out. I think that when we get this right, that God honors it. Mm, I think so too. And I, I think I think if we prepare for the person who is not yet in church to be in church, mm. God will bring them. Yeah, I agree. And so um, let's get about the business. Yeah, for sure. Well, until next time, I hope you've enjoyed it. Share it with your friends. Uh, listen to it again write some notes but until next time uh, we'll catch you later okay bye bye thanks for listening to the everyday church podcast where we seek to be a help to the everyday church our show notes can be found at openministries.net and you can also become interactive by liking the everyday church podcast facebook page we trust that you've enjoyed today's show